again, back to dope Dr. Reed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wanted, and we, we talk about this quite often, um, and we go back and forth about how do we make this happen, right? We've shared with our listeners uh, what it looks like, the framing, the, the theory behind it, your experience around developing it and how folks just really have an issue have an issue with it, navigating it, um, also in the lens of a non-Black Indigenous woman of color, right? So oh. if I'm interested in being a part of a sister circle or creating one, what does that look like? So the first step is just realizing that you're going, you're going to have haters. <laughs> right? Haters um, for days. You're going to have haters. You're going to have someone that wants to challenge it. Um, the first step to me is finding either senior leadership um, or someone within your company or, or corporation who identifies as a black woman, um, who you value their opinion or whatnot, um, and you and maybe a couple of individuals. So the key thing was she was already doing these things uh, informally, like, oh, come to my house, we hang out, talk. But then when she, when she asked me to you know, help lead it, I added the, the theoretical learning outcome because I want to be able to utilize this program as something that other institutions can do. So from an educational perspective, I will look for someone who is either administrative, senior leadership, and if you don't have that person, you have to be that person. Um, and first, I will start just doing like a, for, a first, like a, I wouldn't say a call out, right? Um, but yeah, start with that. Like, uh, you've noticed that um, Keisha and Danae and all of them are new black employees or women. How have you welcomed them? Mm. That's that's number one. That's something that it was kind of like, yes, yeah, congrats. Did you welcome them yet? Or did, are you waiting for another welcome committee to welcome the one black sister in that department? Right. Start there. Because to me, that's how you build your sister circle. It's because she's coming in already like, I don't know anybody. Everybody else coming around. And so every black woman who was hired, they got a welcome email from us. Um, and then, you know, it started with like doing lunches. Emailing those women, hey, would any of you like to come together? We're just sitting together at lunch. And we can kiki. Hey, how y'all doing? How's everything? How's your day? You know. Because sometimes that you're really trying to build this trust and build that there's a community here. Some people don't value your community. So if you don't value your community and you don't value the space, then there's no point of you doing it. And I feel like you have to do that away from your space, right? Because I feel like if they see yes. you together automatically, it's yeah, it's going to start. We started off here. Yep, you have to. Because if they see um, you together, it's a problem. And so... Um, and we started off campus doing like a meet and greet and all of that, um, you know, but be because I had a dope VP mentor, you know, she was like, okay, we're going to do this. We had lunch. We had like a little icebreaker. We had like a little, you know, things we, we, we had like a, you know, a top, a, you know, a quick topic, you know, you had new employees there that said, you know, I'm struggling here. What can I do? And then you had people in the space that was like, Hey, come see me later. Um, I have a book on that, or I know how to navigate that. You know, it became like a, 
I kind of feel like like a resource. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because it's kind of like, you know, how are we helping the next woman in different spaces? Now, we do have women, uh, as I've seen it, who come and they, like you said, it comes with a very toxicity, you know, complaining mentality. And I always, and I think that's something that um, my mentor, who's a VP, like, I'm going to bring it back full circle. All right, ladies, this space is a healing space. This space is to talk about things, but also how we're moving past them. And some of the things that you all are bringing here are selling individual hurt that I just don't know what to do. Like, you're bringing something to the table that was, didn't happen here. You get what I'm saying? And this is why we recommend counseling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's like, okay, this is like, bad. she dropped some cuss words. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, we get it. We ain't got no hats off. We being authentic. But we also want to be authentic in a way of how are we healing? Like, there may be a space that something happened across campus that really hurt our community. So let's come in, talk about it, but how are we also going to move forward and, and not sit in it? And so um, I will first look at senior leadership and see if there's someone, but also start with something off campus. The first, very first sister T event we did, we went to go see Hidden Figures together mm. and had lunch in the food court. And we just talked about, I was new to the city, so I didn't have a church home. Um, I was looking for... A, a hairstylist, <laughs> you know, use this time to talk about stuff that, you know, especially for a lot of those women who are relocating to be at your at your institution or your job or your area. You know, do you say, hey, I'm having lunch tomorrow in the cafeteria if anyone is going at this time. Then you start gradually building up to being comfortable in that space. But when you have senior leadership, they can speak to what this space is. You know, uh, because of course you're going to get people that you're going to get people that push back. But if your institution or your company already has affinity groups and spaces for you to network, um, I personally would still create a sister circle outside of that. You know, I think about Jasmine, you and I, when we were working together, we had a black affinity youth group um, at our institution. We did. And we have. But you, myself, Kayla, all of us, we were still meeting as a smaller sister circle. Yep. And that's because, to me, smaller settings help. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, because it turns into the sorority then. It's a sorority meeting. Women, like, uh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and the thing is, I personally believe the passion that I have for sister circles you always hear people say from a sorority lens or just in general. They'll say like all kinfolk ain't all all skin folk ain't kinfolk or mm-hmm. all sororers ain't your sisters or mm-hmm. you know, to me I I haven't experienced hurt from a sister circle. Right. And I'll knock a wood. <laughs> but because it's, it's done what it's supposed to do, right? Like exactly. for you, you have been able to comp- complete that circle as as a as a not a placeholder but as an active member and i think of a sister circle just like a metaphor like it's a circle mm-hmm. right and people are going to come in it's going to keep going right they go and they go exit but we got to keep the circle going but we cannot allow ignorance 
bigotry, lack of support to penetrate this circle. You know, like this circle is, is for healing. You know, like, you know, we're not here to oppress each other. That's, that's counterproductive, you know? Um, and, and I, and I definitely wanted to share, um, just where I've been healing, um, just from like my previous experience. And I wanted to make sure I talked about it. You know, um, when I started this, you know, the interview, I said, um, I, I had someone, you know, my former supervisor was a biracial black woman. And before I even talk about that, I went, when I went to a conference, I deliberately put my faith, um, I looked for sessions that said black and white women navigating spaces, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I did that was because I have, I had constantly been hurt by black, by white women in a professional setting. Um, and I was like, you know, when I went to that session, I will never forget there was a black woman and a white woman leading the session. And the white woman was saying how to other white women, you know, black women, it takes a long time for them to trust you. And if they tell you something that was vulnerable, it is not your responsibility to use that against them. And she said, unfortunately, we do that. I was like, what? I was like, where has this woman been? <laughs> and then she said, what we unintentionally, we use our tears to bully them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sis, I will call you sis now because <laughs> you have said something. She was like, think, and she started taking it back to just, she was like, you know, as a white woman, think about it. When we want our way, we start crying. We all know as when we start crying in front of our partners or our husbands, like, oh, they give us what we want. And she was like, we do that to black women. Because if she comes to you and say, hey, Susan, you were touching my hair like I was a pet. I didn't appreciate that. It's not okay. And this is a, we automatically start crying. And what does the black woman do? One white woman said she starts to, to comfort us. And so, uh, and I was like, because that's in our nature. We don't like, we're known to, we're nurturers. We take care of everybody. Even when we've been hurt, we'll still take care of you during the hurt. And that stops now. Because now if I see you crying, I'm going to be like, here's some tissues. Don't do it again. (laughs) Like, and because the thing is, I can't enable you. I can't coddle you. And so doing this podcast and talking about black girl magic is that, you know, I am going through a journey of healing because someone tried to take my magic of being a black girl. And it sucks because it was another woman who, who was biracial. And, and the reason why I say she's biracial is because she would only talk about her black experiences with black women. And when we were in front of white women, she would only talk about her mom being white. Mm. And so then I had to start realizing, I was like, okay, is she going through like an identity crisis? (laughs) Like, Mm. you know, because, and that's why it's, it's important to understand identity development because every black woman is not at the stage you are with, with their blackness. And so I had to realize like, sis was using a lot of, uh, oppressive, I want to say oppressive categories for black women to fit in. Mm-hmm. And 
I I didn't see that as a call of help, but now I do. And so now I pray for her a lot um, because she she was th- threatened. You could be threatened by the confidence of another black woman. Mm-hmm. And I've had so many so many thoughts of reflecting of being wrongfully terminated because I was a strong black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that I, and I really want... <laughs> I really want to spell out black. I'm going to spell out black. Capital B. Capital B. I'm a bully. Capital L. I'm loud. Mm. Capital A. I'm abrasive. Capital C. I would say, what did they say? Can be intimidating. And capital K. I think I know everything. Mm. So... (laughs) When you've been named those things, every woman, especially black women, have been named those things. And if you do not see that that is laced with racism and bias, you are you are being detrimental to us as black women who are really trying to counteract that. And so I and the reason why I I, I, I really want to get a shirt that says that. I think because you should make it. I buy it. I really want to get a shirt that says that because we don't realize we are unintentionally accepting that as feedback and Mm -hmm. that's that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so when I was blindsided and wrongfully terminated, because I'm not the only black woman that's out there who has heard those things, but I solely was let go because of those things. So I was fired for being a black, a strong black woman. But then when you find out that it was another black woman who said, well, she's too intimidating. Or she's, she's, she's a bully. She's that, a that hurts in a different way. Like that. It, it hurts in a different way. Because you were safe. Like, you felt there was, again, a false sense of safety put yep. over you. It's not like you... Yep developed a false sense of safety on your own, it was put over you and you were having to work within that. And so when you have this black girl magic, you're thinking of your capital B is bold. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of your capital L as a leader. You're thinking of your capital A as um, audacious, ambition, right? Mm-hmm. You're thinking of your, your C as a can-do attitude. And you, you think of your capital K as, yes, I know everything because I worked my ass off right. to, get to, to get here. You know, and so it, 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 it hurts because this is the black girl magic and mountain. Because I can be so magical one day and someone with the can turn me into a mountain. And so I challenge every woman who is listening um, is that when you are able to recognize what, what the enemy will use against you or whatnot, it's kind of like now I'm in a space of like, yes, I am a bully because I ain't let nobody cross a line that violates my boundaries because John's a bully in, a, in the office because he has boundaries. He set boundaries. Yeah, I'm loud. Cause I'm not going to sit in a, I'm going to sit in an office and sit in a meeting and not say anything. Yes. I'm abrasive. Yeah. You don't call. I'm <laughs> you direct. 
I'm a tall, plus-size black woman born and raised from Gary, Indiana. I can't change how I look. And yes, I know everything. I know what it means to be a black woman. And so I am in a space of healing, of taking back that truth and using it as fuel for other black women to know that, it's like, as my mentor Linda said, it stops now. I'm not apologizing for being a black woman. I'm not apologizing for being educated. I'm not apologizing for my stature. I'm not apologizing. I'm not. And so the tip that I ask you to take away as a woman, a woman, a black woman, is stop apologizing for your magic. Stop apologizing for your resiliency. Stop apologizing for working hard. Like we have to stop. I have, and I have, and you have to start teaching not just yourself, but other black women around you and black girls. Yep. How many times when you interrupt a meeting? Hey, John, sorry to bother you. Hey, mm-hmm. John, you in here playing on Netflix? Hey, John, you look like you're not doing anything. Susan needs us in the conference. Stop, stop apologizing. <laughs> right. But it's, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Stop. Hey, sorry. Quick question. No, I have a couple of questions. Just want to follow up. You know, and it's, there's a way that, you know, I feel like this is just your personality and your strength should not be belittled because somebody, they have their own strength. They have their own light. And so I value um, a really close friend, um, Caitlin Ladd. She is always uplifting the next black woman. And when I told her about my situation of being wrongfully terminated, she talked about her mom going through something very similar. Because she was too quiet, she's too passive. If I speak up too much, then I'm intimidating. So you want me to you want me to conform to make you feel comfortable. And today is the day that people have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That they have to lean into the discomfort to know you need me at the table. This table wouldn't even exist if I wasn't here. And so, and, and that means from a historical perspective, you wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for me as a black woman. Amen. So I, I value spaces that is, uh, that is, that enriches and loves on us as black women. But I just need every black woman to know that when we sprinkle our magic, if you, if sis across the room who don't get it, let her sneeze and be allergic to it. <laughs> I am not playing no more. <laughs> I bet she said she gonna be allergic. You better get what you need for your peanut. Listen, you Benadryl, something. Because I'm, I'm coming through, and I am spraying you down with this magic. Mm-hmm. But when I as a black woman get reminded of my mountain, I need other other black women to remind me of my magic. Mm-hmm. And so it's not the, you know, you think about what's happening. Gabrielle Union is an example right now of holding people accountable. You know, like Michelle Obama, I was watching The View, sorry, I want to go left real quick. I was watching The View and you saw those memes of Whoopi Goldberg and John McCain's daughter. Right. And 
Whoopi has said, girl, just stop talking. She hit her with the sis, please. Like, you're talking over people and you're being disrespectful. Be quiet. But let's, let me, but let's be very clear. If she was not who she was as John McCain's daughter and as a white woman, she would have been fired. I, I hate to interrupt. Like, no, it's the truth. There's a whole petition out there to fire her. Whoopi Goldberg um, or John McCain's um, daughter? John McCain's daughter. Mm. Oh, but she ain't going nowhere. Mm-mm. She ain't going nowhere. Like so, um, who's the one who um who just got on the view? Um, as um a new a new person on is it? Um, oh, oh dang, she sings. She does the doses of um, her podcast. Oh, that's um that's not the view. That's um that's uh the real the, the real. real Amanda Seals. Yo, sis, let me tell you something. She go in. <laughs> I appreciate sis for being her unapologetic self. And I'm not saying the other co-hosts are not unapologetic themselves. Yeah, they're not, but they're not. But they're not. <laughs> they're not. She's the she's the only one. I'm sorry. And <laughs> you can sense it. You can sense that she has shifted the dynamic. Because Tamar Braxton was acting the same way. Maybe her yeah. vernacular wasn't where they wanted it to be. But yeah. the day Amanda Seals started, I was like, let me watch this. Because I, I haven't watched it since Tamar got off because I don't I don't agree with how they handled it. But I love how they were talking about Amanda to her face in a way that was celebrating her outspokenness. But when Tamar, thinking about how she was animated about it, it was a problem. And she got fired. And she didn't get fired of like, we're gonna, we're gonna try and fix it. It's you walk in to record and you need to you need to bounce. So it, it was like you're not wanted here and we're not gonna have a conversation about it. Well, and that's exactly yeah. what happened to me. Mm. She didn't even give me an opportunity for feedback. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know there was a problem. Right. Didn't even know it was a problem. And again, it's induced so, fear and racist, racism, right? It, racism. It's fear that's, of you exactly. even thinking that I wouldn't even be open to having a conversation. Exactly. Because someone has made you made you look like if I was a criminal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I watch Lonnie Love on the show. And I can tell, I just hope that she values um, her sitting next to her. Right. Because you can sense the tension. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can sense it when she's speaking and she's eloquently saying what she needs to say. And she's not just saying, you know, and what she's saying is true. But now it's like, oh, okay, sis making me look like I sound like the dumb one. But I don't, I don't, I don't like how Amanda is up there teaching them, right? Like now it's this frame as they are asking questions to her. Yeah, now, now it's teach, now it's teaching. Like an expert, and sis just wants to be at the table mm -hmm. just to talk, right? That's it. And, and um, I don't know. I just I I am praying that it continues to illustrate um, women really being real <laughs> and not feeling. Oh, because there's a new person at the table. And we know uh, five stages of a team and storming. So they're going to go through a storming phase. Like, mm -hmm. right now, they form. But they're going to go through a storming phase. And that's with any group dynamic. 
Um, but that's, that's also thinking about a sister circle is that if you know there are going to be new women coming into your sister circle, you have to really combat the stormy phase. You have to name it. This ain't a space to be competing with your sister. Mm-hmm. This is a space of healing. This is a space of growth. This is a space of acknowledging the oppression that we just got done dealing with. Right. And so I am asking every, just every woman who is listening is get you a sister circle. Get you a sister friend. Jasmine is my sister friend. She is going to hold me accountable, but and she's going to pour into me. Um, but she's also going to be able to let me be me and not mm-hmm. conform me into a space that's comfortable for her. And so I think that that is huge just in just in general. And I'm telling you, I am just look at me as like think of think of every black black woman walking around with like a spray gun just spraying like gold glitter <laughs> like oh gold glitter. Oh, Michelle Michelle Obama here right oh, I'm breaking out break out this break out impurities why because I'm telling you we are so magical our young women our little girls the little girls in us we need to hear those things mm-hmm. and this this you know, speaking on this podcast is a daily reminder. Um, like, just because I'm still a little black girl from Gary, Indiana. I, the, the, you know, the higher I go in education and position, why those things don't mean nothing. Because because society is still going to see me as this little black girl in Gary, Indiana. So once I, I, I have to embrace her and I have to protect her at all costs. And um, I, I would never, ever jeopardize her again for clout or for um, just to try to fit in because we've all done it. Um, and, you know, you turn around, you realize you compete with yourself for no reason. Mm-hmm. And you have all the things that were already in your magical toolbox as a black woman. Because those things, we're standing on so many shoulders, shoulders of Black women who have really paved the way for us. And sometimes we do not call out their names. We do not give. Sister Circles have been around forever. I got, fi- I got five of them. <laughs> but I'm just thinking about it. Think about the slavery that you don't think the women were getting together to pray over each other. Speak mm-hmm. life into each other. No, master's not going to hurt you. I'll protect you. Mm-hmm. Passing each other's food. Helping each raise each other kids. Those things have been woven into our DNA. Mm-hmm. And so, no. If anything, what that institution did to me, it it did it did knock me blow, but it knocked a lot of sense into me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be shadowed by when you're just like kind of like in a bubble. And you know, and so I'm I'm thankful for spaces like this that's going to be truly authentic, truly unapologetic, and black. And I'm not talking black for what they say. I'm talking black, <laughs> being bold, in your face, and unapologetic. Well, how can people um, get in touch with you if they're interested in following you, following the you know next phase of your journey? Where can people come see you? Um. Well, I I, I realized I used to be an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm an introvert now. <laughs> uh, I'm fine with people following me on Instagram at difference, like difference. Yes, one of my students made it up years ago. Um, uh, I open women who are looking for mentors. I open women who may feel like they want to mentor me. Um, I think that's a two-way relationship. Um, and you can reach me at my Gmail at tinreed at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook, um, Tiffany Reed. Um, but also I'm just asking, um, send positive energy, prayers my way. Your black girl just magic my way. Um, and I'll be sending it yours as well. Perfect. Well, thank you. This was such an awesome conversation. Clearly need to have you back on because we just have so many good gems to even like process through this, what, what you were talking about. So yes, thank you. Uh, we will be back. How was it? If you've listened to all three episodes, you are fire. <laughs> I love it. Um, I wanted to uh, round this conversation off um, just again reflecting on Dr. Reed's um, positioning on just this whole conversation of what it means to use space, to reimagine space, to think about how we show up, the complexities around showing up, what keeps us from showing up. Um, and continue to be on that journey of, of healing using space as Black women. Um, and, you know, the, the topic of authenticity came up, and, and that's been something new for me, um, being in a space uh, within, like, the Pan-African network of ACPA, um, hearing that within the student affairs space, and, you know, somewhat seeing it sprinkled around um, Instagram and YouTube. Um, I... I I get challenged with how authentic can I be? Um, you, you want me to be authentic. You want me to live in my authenticity and show up in my authentic self. But my authentic self doesn't always um, fit within the professional code. Um, professionalism is is a, a, a white model. It's a you know fall in line, um, take direction, receive direction. Um, be available, uh, all of those things that don't don't necessarily fit with you know how in my life. And I think about uh, where I want to go. Always think about how you know professional spaces don't flex even around my ability. When I think about how I learn and process, and and the um, the the room that I need to be creative. Um, I'm spontaneous, I'm compulsive, um, and I do my best work when I'm able to sit barefoot somewhere um, in a, a, a dim-lidded room um, that has a really nice window with a dope-ass view, right? Like, <laughs> this is, I'm kind of describing my current space right now, but <laughs> uh, again, these, these are spaces that I feel like I, I thrive the best in, and so... Um, that's a question. That's a big question. How do we truly allow for folks to be authentic? How do we live in our authenticity? Um, and how do we invite authenticity um, throughout our space? Um, and so, you know, if that, you know, we have to challenge homogenous thinking that, you know, this is the only one way to be a Black woman, only one way to be a Black professional, only one way to be a black mom only one 
only way to be a black wife, the only way to be a black something, right? And we have to think about who told us that this was the only way. I don't agree that there's this one way of being black, let alone being a black woman, um, because I've been like six different black women <laughs> my whole life, right? And I think about how all of my, you know, years I've, I've grown and, and shaped how I um, personify, you know, the black woman I'm, I'm hoping to become, right? It's still, it's still a process. I don't know who I will end up being. And I hope that I um, turn out to be something, you know, like Betty White, just black, um, not Betty White, you know, in her character's roles, but, you know, just really thinking about just shamelessly, um, you know, being, being me, um, and, and living through that. Uh, and I hope to master that one day, but, um, yeah, authenticity was a big one. Uh, how do we navigate? Okay. Listen, I'm gonna tell you this right now. If you are listening and you are the person that's always getting invited to places and then you don't go and the next thing you do is complain that these things don't exist, I am going to be very specific to you right now. You all get on my nerves, okay? You you do because what I don't need is create space and I am not going to apologize. Your raggedy ass makes up excuses. And so then somehow time passes and now you feel like a loner and everybody, you know, kicking and hanging it, got, you know, building strong relationships. And now that's another excuse as to why you don't come around. I have a limit. I will do about three or four times to invite you. And then I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna leave you alone. And then if I end up seeing you again, I'll invite you to one. And then if I don't hear from you, cool. But it's, it's going to get, it's going to get, um, old and ain't nobody going to be chasing you. Okay. Get on my soapbox, but I'm just wanting to put that out there as a caveat. Now I say that with love and intention to be mindful for the people who don't operate like that, to understand that it is challenging for people to end up in certain spaces. And so as much as we can, we can create a space that is welcoming, inviting, um, uh, open for people. It is, there's still so many challenges that present, uh, for someone to not feel like they belong. And some of that is internal. And so again, I say that with love, but I was that person and I can speak from that lens because I was that person. Um, and it took counseling to get me through that because I, I swallowed and adopted the idea that I was meant to be alone. And that wasn't what I was destined for and how much that shifted for me once I took the time to understand where that message came from and heal from that. And so I, I would say, um, A, I acknowledge that it's challenging to, to navigate being invited to spaces. It's challenging to create spaces that are very welcoming to people. And there's, there's so much in between that. And we just have to honor people where they are. And that's why I will smile and love on you as if I had ever have seen you yesterday and the day after, right? Because 
I need you to know that I'm thinking about you because that's what I didn't receive. And I know that that's what we're all needing, specifically if we are in very white spaces, spaces that don't look like us, don't feel like us. But we're having to we're having to still be there for a variety of reasons, whether it's, you know, financially, whether it's, you know, you got to provide for your family in some way, you you just move, whatever it could be. I, I want to honor all the stories and the narratives that are there that keep us from, you know, combining and joining. Um, and I also want to acknowledge um, the hurt that comes from spaces like these two where you were authentic or you you did try and get something um very powerful and and it was emotionally vulnerable for you and then someone took advantage of that or they um again were very hurtful and used that space to manipulate and, and abuse the sacredness of black womanhood and that is real um, that is, that is, um, one of the many things that I think about, uh, again, reminding me of what I think about trust and accountability. Um, it was very authoritative, um, very much shut up, sit down. And I, I recognize that also comes from, you know, building respect for your, um, ancestors from you know the people who are much older and and have much more life experience than you but I think we have to reframe and rethink how we introduce the idea of respect we talk about respect being earned but how do you how do you remove that earning from you know a, a child like how do you tell someone they need to earn it but then you're teaching them that it's taken um, I feel that's counterproductive. That doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not a parent yet. And, and I don't know the challenges of how do you, you know, get, you know, have your child be respectful towards you. But I just, I can't, I can't imagine remembering all the things that I went through and, tr- and putting my kid through that. Uh, but I know that I will because that's what I know. And I think that's something that I have to continually challenge as I'm, I'm waiting to be a mom um, is how do I rethink, you know, what am I angry about? Why am I yelling? What am I trying to say? Is there a better way of saying it? Um, do I always have to use my hands? Like all of that, because the, the, the hurt, the hurt is real. Um, and I always used to say uh, we, we need to remember um, how we felt when it was done to us. And I think that will give us some clarity as to why we are doing it. Um, and again, I, I encourage folks to uh, work through this through counseling, you know, um, speak your truth. Uh, you are not what happened to you, um, but you can be um, better out of it. And so with that, I thank you for walking on this journey with Dr. Reed and I um, through healing um, and and Black womanhood and and what it means to create space. Uh, Please like, share, post, DM, whatever you need to do to uh, interact with me on Olivia Revolution Cade on Instagram. 
And I look forward to seeing you all on my next episode with my Jordan will be here. <laughs> and I think a lot of people are waiting because like we somehow are like the the, the black couple of the century, which <laughs> given my household, I'm like, we, <laughs> we are us <laughs> and that's it. But um, I'm excited to share uh, what it means to, to love someone um, through pain and um, have him talk about his perspective of what it means to you know, be my partner, because I know it is a very challenging, very challenging, challenging role. So (laughs) thank you all. Love you and peace and blessings.